We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you Listen, Watch, Discuss. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Listen, Watch, Discuss. As always, I'm your host, Brent Aiken. And on today's episode, I will be reviewing uh, Marvel's latest movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. I was gonna, uh, I know I was gonna uh, post this episode last night. Uh, Sorry for anyone who was waiting for this episode. Uh, I fell asleep watching TV when I got back home after the movie. (laughs) I got some dinner, ate it, and watched. I was like, oh, I can just, I can watch one episode of something uh, real quick and then uh, or just one more episode, because I was watching TV while I was uh, eating. I'm like, I can watch one more episode before I do the podcast. I could stay awake long enough, and sure enough, I fell asleep. I know I should I probably should have taken a nap when I got back home before the movie, because I was already feeling sleepy during the movie. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I didn't fall asleep during the movie, I promise. So, uh, so I didn't miss anything. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm just recording it now at like 11 in the morning or afternoon, depending on what you count 11 to be. It, I guess it's technically morning because it's a.m. But uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, so uh, this will be a spoilery discussion. Uh, so if you have not seen the movie yet, which is highly likely considering it just came out yesterday, uh, keep in mind that, uh, you know, I will be spoiling uh some stuff uh so yeah if you haven't seen it and you want to see it uh stop the episode right now go watch it and then come back and listen to the review but if you don't mind spoilers and you want to hear my thoughts on the movie regardless uh then by all means please continue so yeah i uh the movie is basically well it's uh ant-man and the wasp uh ant-man and the wasp quantumania is the third movie in the Ant-Man uh, series. And it, uh, you know, things seem to be going well for Scott. He's uh, written his own uh, uh, memoir, or memoirs. He's written his own uh, autobiography, um, which seems to be selling well. Uh, he, you know, is, uh, you know, he's saved the world. And, you know, there's still some people that uh, don't really see him quite as the the hero of the world. Uh, in fact, like <laughs> there's a scene which was in the trailer when he goes to order a coffee. He's uh, uh, called Spider Man by this Ita- like I, I think he's this Italian, this older Italian guy, and uh, which was a funny uh, moment. And uh, but for the most part, I mean, he does seem to be getting some respect. It's just that there are still people that see him as not necessarily a joke, but just like. Uh, you know, like, ah, well, you're still Ant-Man, you know, you're not like a top-tier Avenger or anything, uh, but yeah, I mean, but not only is his, uh, autobiography selling well, uh, he also gets, uh, uh, he also gets awarded the employee of the century at, uh, his old, uh, job at, uh, at, uh, Baskin-Robbins, which I thought was pretty funny, <laughs> and his old boss, who is the same guy who, in the first movie, who fired him because of his criminal past, uh, he gives him the award and, uh, and everything, which I thought was, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty funny. But, uh, but yeah, see, uh, things seem to be going well for Scott. Uh, him and Hope are, are uh, dating. Uh, Hope 
and and Scott also have uh, I, be, well, I believe Scott has a brand new suit. It looks it, it looks new, but Hope definitely does because it's now instead of like kind of a uh, gray and blue bluish suit, her you know wasp suit, it's now uh, black and yellow or gray and yellow. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. It looks it looks nice. I like it. And she's also got a nice new shorter haircut, which I think looks good. Uh, but yeah, so they're, they're dating, uh, Scott's spending time with Cassie, who, if you remember from the events of Endgame, she didn't get snapped away, uh, like Hope, Hank, and, uh, Janet, so, you know, she grew up in that five years that passed, she, so she's now a teenager, uh, or I guess now she's, like, in her early 20s, because she got sent to a, she got sent to jail, uh, <laughs> she she's been arrested three times. She got sent to jail. We see that in the beginning of the movie. So for uh you know, like a little uh peaceful protest in the park that turned into kind of a riot in a in a way. Uh but yeah, I yeah, I guess maybe she's in her early twenties. But yeah, she's like uh late teenager, early twenties, and spending time with Scott, you know, and uh and Hank and Janet are spending time together. And uh, everything seems to be going well for everyone, including them all kind of being their own family. You know, like hanging out with each other and uh, eating dinner together. And uh, and yeah, life seems to be going good. But uh, Cassie ends up uh, building a uh, satellite for deep space, for the uh, quantum realm. And uh, she sends a signal down there. And Janet starts freaking out. She's like, wait, you sent a signal down there? Why Why the hell did you do that? <laughs> and so she, uh, for, for uh, you know, we don't know why exactly she's freaking out. But she's like, okay, look, turn it off now. And, uh, but you know, if Janet's freaking out about it, because she spent time down there. She's been down there for 30 years. You know, if Janet's freaking out about something like that, then you know it's serious. So, uh, you know, they turn it off, but the machine turns back on and, uh, sucks all five of them down into the quantum realm and they get separated, uh, and they have to find their way. Uh, Scott and Cassie are in one spot and then Hope, Janet and Hank are in another spot and they have to come back together and find each other. And along the way, they discover that, uh, there is this, uh, new big bad who's, uh, um, uh, you know, that they got a fight called, uh, Kane the Conqueror, who's been, uh, who's taken over the quantum realm in his, uh, years there, because, uh, we don't know who, but apparently he had, he has been banished by someone, and he wants to, he needs help getting out, because, uh, because of something that Janet did, which I'll get into in a minute, uh, something that Janet did, uh, in a long time ago when she was in the quantum realm, uh, caused Kane to not be able to leave. So, you know, he's got a grudge against her and also because she's been, she had been helping the people in the quantum realm, uh, fight back, you know, like form rebellions and resistances to, to fight against Kane and, and take back their home, you know? And, uh, so yeah. And that's, uh, that's essentially the plot. Yeah, they got to fight Kane and stop him from uh, leaving the quantum realm before he unleashes uh, chaos across the universe. And uh, and yeah, so with the plot 
with uh, the plot summary out of the way, uh, I will get into my thoughts about the movie. Uh, this might be a little bit more of a nitpicky... I might have a little bit more nitpicks and criticisms than I usually do with movies. Because most of the time I'm like, oh yeah, I loved this movie. And while I did like this movie, I uh, I thought it was a little underwhelming. Uh, like, I was like, oh, okay, it was good, but I, I was expecting a little more. You know what I mean? Uh, like, it had it had some good character moments, uh, especially between Scott and Cassie. Uh, it was nice to see Cassie go on the adventure this time, uh, as well as Janet, because, you know, uh, Cassie had been uh, uh, an important character in the previous two movies, but, you know, she was a kid, you know, and so she wasn't really allowed to go on the adventures. But, you know, her relationship with Scott, you know, their father-daughter relationship was a, a central aspect of both movies, you know, and, and, and an important aspect of both movies. And uh, it was very sweet. You know, you, you uh, believed that they both cared for each other and loved each other very much. And, uh, and that hasn't changed. I mean, I still... Like, even, you know, new actress, older actress, you know, playing the same character, uh, Catherine Newton, who's playing uh, Cassie in this movie. Uh, I think she does a great job, and I feel like uh, the chemistry, or not chemistry, uh, <laughs> well, the, the bond between the two of them uh, is still there. Like, she's playing the, she's playing an, the older version of this character, and I, and I feel like she's doing a good job at it. She still kind of feels like the same character that the actress playing her in the first two movies was, you know, just older. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, yeah, so I liked her and Scott's, uh, uh, relationship. You know, it was still, uh, a central aspect and an important aspect of this movie, which I appreciated. Uh, I also liked, I mean, I liked the acting from everyone. Um, I mean, you know, uh, Michael Douglas and, and uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer do a good job. Um, obviously, Paul Rudd does a great job. Uh, and and Evangeline Lilly, she does great as well. Uh, I really do like uh, Jonathan Majors as uh, Kane the Conqueror. I, th I think he does a great job as Kane uh, because whenever he's on screen, which uh, he, he has one scene in the very beginning before... Uh, we see, well, there, there's one scene where we see Michelle Pfeiffer, I mean, not Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, where we see Janet in the quantum realm and, uh, and she runs into Kane and, you know, he has one line. He's like, what is this place? He's like breathing heavily. He just helped her take down this, this weird creature in the quantum realm. He shoots him, he shoots him in the head and she looks over after it falls down and sees him like lying on the ground in what looks like some sort of like flight suit, like a green zip-up flight suit, and he's just out of breath. He's like, what is this place? And then we cut to the present-day San Francisco. Uh, I mean, not our... Well, I guess it's... Well, okay, because with COVID... Because, you know, like, after Endgame, they skipped to 2023. They skipped five years. So I'm not sure if this movie was in 2023 or 2024, or maybe... A, yeah, maybe it was in 2023 or maybe a year or two after. I'm not sure. Because some of the movies are, you know, before others, like in this phase, you know, like, and uh, so I'm not sure if this was in, in this present year or like a couple years down the road, because some of them are like a few years later than 2023. 
But it's crazy that we've now caught up with where the MCU is because when Endgame came out, it's like, oh shit, they're four years ahead of us because <laughs> that came out in 2019 and and that was 2023 when uh, when uh, uh, you know they got things going. They're like, well, we gotta we figured out a way to reverse what Thanos did. We gotta stop him, and uh, and they didn't go back. They stayed in 2023. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so. I think, uh, yeah, but uh, going back to Kane, uh, I think Kane did a great job, or Jonathan Majors did a great job as the character, uh, because every time he's on screen, he's uh, very menacing. You you get a sense that uh, he, he hardly ever yells. There's like, uh, I mean, like when he's talking, like there are a couple times where he's like screaming because he's like very angry at like, you know, Scott and the, and the aunt family, you know, like kind of... Uh, foiling his plan to get home uh you know so there are are instances where he gets mad uh but for the most part whenever he's talking to like the first scene uh his first scene uh interacting interacting with scott and cassie uh he is very calm and try you know trying to put on trying to put on like an understanding uh personality you know like he's like He's trying to make it seem like Scott has a choice in the matter when really he he knows that he doesn't because he could just kill Scott at any point if he wanted to. Uh or, you know, kill Cassie, which he threatens to do. Like he he like, you know, had like force well not force chokes her, but like he he like slams her against the wall with his powers and he's like like pulling the I guess he's like pulling uh the blood or the, like the veins in her arm like forward. Like, you know, like he's like trying to pull the veins out, out of her arm. Uh, or maybe he's like mess, like he's like pooling the blood in a certain part of her arm. Like, you know, to like, like, I don't know. It seemed like he was like pulling the veins towards the, the front of her arm. So that way, uh, like he could like rip her veins out and, you know, uh, and, but either way I was like, oh shit, like he's not playing around <laughs> and there's a. Oh, and also Modok's in the movie, and I'll get to him in a minute. But there's uh in that same scene, uh Modok tells uh tells Kane, he says, Okay, hey, look, I um I know that uh you know, I, I sent these guys to you. I think they're gonna tell you what, what you wanna hear. I'm not quite sure, boss. And then he he just flings him again like fifty feet into the wall and like is like pushing him really hard into the wall with his you know, uh, telepathy. And, uh, and he just turns, he turns, uh, slowly and looks at him and points and he very calmly says, do not speak when I, when I am speaking (laughs) and, uh, or something to that effect. I believe it was, it was that. And, uh, and I was like, oh shit. Like he's, (laughs) he, he doesn't play around. And, uh, but yeah, it's just, it, it, he did a great job because like, uh, I love when villains are like that. Uh, and nothing wrong with like villains that like, you know, are shouting. But I, I just love when a villain's calm because you know that something, you know, you know that they know they're in control. Like Kane had no reason to yell in that scene because he knew that he was more powerful than Ant-Man, Cassie, and MODOK combined. Or at least he thought he was in that moment, you know, uh, because they had never met him. Or well, Modok had, but Ant Man and Cassie hadn't, and uh, and there's a gr- and just that whole scene. I thought the dialogue was written well for that scene. Uh, 
and it was very tense, you know, like I love when, uh, Kane, uh, shows up in that scene, uh, he's got Scott and Cassie in, in this, uh, prison and, uh, and he's talking to Scott and he says, have I killed you before? And Scott's like, wait, what? And then Kane's like, oh, I'm sorry. They all just kind of blur together after a while. And, uh, and I was like, oh shit. Like he's like, they established that he has killed multiple Avengers across multiple different universes. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And, uh, just, yeah, I just, I love that, that line. Uh, just that whole scene was great. But, uh, but yeah, he, he does a great job. And, uh, and I like the way, uh, well, actually I'll get into more about Kane in a minute. Uh, another thing I liked, uh, I liked the quantum realm. I liked the fact that, uh, we got to spend most of the movie down there because the quantum realm had been a, Again, like Scott and Cassie's relationship, it had been an important aspect of the previous two movies, uh, but we never really spent too much time down there, you know, uh, because uh, before Eight Man and the Wasp, it was too dangerous to go into the quantum realm because they didn't think it was possible to come back, or they didn't even know if you could still sur- if you could survive that. But of course, you know, in Ant Man and the Wasp, uh, Hank and uh, Hope find out that Janet is alive uh and has lived 30 years in the quantum realm and they go and Hank goes down there to go get her uh and then of course by the end of that movie they have successfully figured out how to you know they've built a quantum tunnel in the back of uh Luis's van (laughs) which I love that they built in the back of his van uh but they build it in the back of his van and uh and they, they now have successfully figured out a way to go into the quantum realm and come back unharmed and uh and safely which uh which was cool so i like that you know naturally this third movie would be more about the quantum realm because we've each movie has uh taken steps you know each movie has uh has changed the uh you know what they thought was possible about uh about their, uh, about, you know, Hank's technology, you know, cause in the first one, it's like, okay, you can shrink, uh, you can't really grow too much. It's mostly just shrinking down to the size of an ant. Uh, and then in the second one, they found out, okay, we can go to the quantum realm. We can shrink even smaller than ants, uh, and we can come back. And not only that, but we also have perfected these, uh, we can also shrink down buildings and cars, you know, like we, cause we didn't see that in the first one. We can also shrink down, uh, a whole giant ass lab. Like Hank shrinks down his lab and, and, you know, turns into the size of a suitcase. Uh, which is funny. Like the fact that the building, that the real life building actually had wheels and like a handle that pulls up that <laughs> Hank moved around. I loved that. Uh, and, and also, uh, they created these discs that, you know, when you th- activate them and throw them, they grow and shrink stuff. So not only in the second one could the suits grow and shrink uh, to an extent, you know, if you grow too big, you know, you kind of get too heavy and, you know, Scott ended up passing out, you know, because he got like 85 feet or something. But uh, but yeah, you know, it's like, so not only did the, can the suits do that, but these discs can do that. And then now in the third one, we can go, you know, we actually go and stay in the quantum realm for like 80% of the movie or 85% of the movie. Um, 
and it's it's a very cool, inventive uh, place. You know, like I like the designs of the the characters that inhabit and the creatures that and people that inhabit the quantum realm. Uh, there's this uh, jelly dude. There's some humans. Uh, there's a, a a guy like this metal guy that has a light cannon for a head. Uh, and it's funny they all talk their own language, but as soon as they as soon, when they get down there, as soon as they drink this uh, ooze, uh, they can understand everyone speaking in English. So it's like it, they drink this thing, and it, it's like a trans. It's a universal translator for them. They, <laughs> Scott, and everyone down there can now understand what they're uh, everyone's saying. And I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, and let's see what else. Yeah, and the and the designs of the the landscapes and the monsters the in the quantum realm is, are really cool too, uh, and a lot of thi- and, and a lot and a lot of uh, everything in the quantum realm looks like it's made out of like slime and jelly and it's very colorful and bright, and uh, but also like weird looking like not too cutesy you know it's not like when I say colorful and bright it's not like it's like cutesy but it's it's like uh, it's not menacing either quite I mean some of it is kind of like, oh, shit, like, if you went down there, that would be terrifying to see a giant jellyfish-looking monster coming towards you. <laughs> but, uh, but it, it was, uh, it, I really did like the designs of everything and the fact that we stayed down there for a good majority of the movie. Um, and I liked Modoc. Uh, I thought he was interesting. Um, and, okay, after I mentioned Modoc, well, there is something I'm going to, nitpick about Monarch, and then I'll kind of get into my nitpicks. Uh, now, or, and, uh, slight complaints, or criticisms. Uh, so, I liked Modoc. Um, I just thought, and, uh, Corey Stoll plays him, who, if you remember, was in the first Ant-Man. He played Darren, uh, Hank's protege, uh, who also, you know, uh, weaseled what not weaseled his way into the company, but he he uh he slightly, you know, throughout time gradually began pushing Hank out of his own company and took over and created the yellow jacket suit, which uh he uh you know eventually perfected and was able to shrink and uh down to the size of an actual yellow jacket, you know, and of course if you remember him and Scott fought uh, at the end of the first Ant Man and uh he or Ant Man shrunk him down. And sent him to the quantum realm. Uh, but we find out in this one that it didn't kill him. It just horribly disfigured him. And Kane took him in to be kind of his like assistant. You know. <laughs> kind of his second hand man. And uh, and gave him this suit that uh, was designed for killing. Like And, and MODOK. Uh, the name MODOK is an acronym for machine organized for. Wait. Mechanical organism, yeah, wait, uh, mechanical organism designed only for killing, uh, to which Scott has a funny line where he points out, he's like, technically that's Mo, Modofk, <laughs> uh, which is funny, I mean, because if you think about it, it's like, well, no one, in acronyms, whenever there's a for or of, it, uh, or especially when there's a for, like an F-O-R, uh, it doesn't seem like, for some reason, that's not important part of the acronym, like, most people just leave out the for, Whenever there's, whenever that's in an acronym, you know, it's like, well, we don't need that letter in the, uh, in the acronym. It's fine. (laughs) But, uh, I thought he was interesting. Uh, I liked him to an extent. 
I just thought the CGI on him was a little iffy. Like, when he has his mask on, because it's like a glowing, has glowing purple eyes and like these teeth like engraved into the metal. I'm like, oh, okay, that looks cool. And I like his voice. Uh, and Corey Stoll didn't really do bad a bad job like voicing the character and like acting as him. Maybe some of the lines were kind of, eh, you know. But it's just the CGI when he has his mask off is a little uncanny. Like, I was like, well, it's, it looks weird. It's like, uh, I don't know, well, a lot of you may have seen this, but uh, it's like Robert Rodriguez's movie, uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. You remember that scene? Well, I say scene. He was in a good uh, amount of the movie. Uh, but you remember the character, you remember George Lopez played uh, the villain in the movie, Mr. Electric. And it was basically just his face over the CGI little bolt or like a little, like a little tiny, uh, orb that had a screen on it that had George Lopez's face on it. And it was like a CGI orb and the, the arms and legs were like, you know, the arms and legs were electric currents and then the the hands and the feet were like claws. Uh, it kind of looks like that. <laughs> like Modoc looks like George Lopez's Mr. Electric in Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Uh, but like his face is like stretched out too to fit the Modoc because Modoc's this wide, fat bitch. <laughs> you know, like he's like, like he's like really wide and, and and thick. So like they stretched Corey Stoll's face out to to make it fit the, the because you know the the face on the model of Modoc and it, it it looks weird. You know, uh, it doesn't really look quite natural, but uh. And also, you know, some of his lines were like, eh, kind of uh, corny, a little iffy. And his turn at the end when he decides to help Scott and Cassie, it, it felt a little unearned. Like, you know, he had been evil and trying to kill them the whole movie. And then Cassie comes in and tells him not to be a dick, try not to be a dick. And then he just goes with it and turns against Kane and ends up getting killed because of it. Uh there was a there was a funny line though when he's dying. I will give him that. There there was this funny line where <clears throat> where he uh is uh dying and he says, "I guess I died in Avenger though, huh?" Didn't I, Scott? And Scott's just looking at him. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, you did." <laughs> and then and then Modok uh is like touching his face. He's like as as he's like uh as his as he's di- slowly dying, he like just touch it, caresses his face. And then and then just coughs up a bunch of shit, like a bunch of blood or whatever, uh, whatever he has at that point, like blood and slime and everything. And they and then he just passes out and dies. <laughs> so that that was kind of funny the way the way he died, uh, and like the his final moment. But yeah, it just felt a little unearned his his turn at the end. You know, it was like it felt a little forced too. Um. So okay, so that's a little one complaint. Uh, here are the rest of my complaints. Um. Uh, and then I'll get into, uh, you know, my rating for the movie. So I don't think this movie was as funny as the previous two Ant-Man movies. There were funny moments, don't get me wrong. There were funny moments, but I don't think it was as consistently funny as the previous two movies. And in terms of the Ant-Man movies, I still think the second one is the best one. I was going in hoping that this one would be hoping and thinking that this one would be the best one. But after watching it, I'm like, I liked it, even though, as I said in the beginning of the movie, I or I mean the beginning of the review, I was a little underwhelmed by it. Uh 
you know, so I, I still have to go with Ant-Man and the Wasp, the second one being my favorite. And, uh, you know, which is like, that's not, I mean, that's not bad, I guess. Uh, I mean, not every sequel can top the previous one. So, I mean, you know, the fact that this one didn't, it's like, well, that's okay. It doesn't, it didn't have to, you know, but, uh, I, I'm trying to think, let's see what else. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, it didn't really quite strike the consistency, uh, the, well, uh, okay. The, 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 the tone didn't always blend together or mesh together. Like sometimes, uh, we'd have serious moments and then sometimes we'd have jokes and it didn't, I feel like it didn't quite strike the proper balance, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't think it was a, I don't think it was like on the level of Thor, Love and Thunder. Although I feel like Thor, Love and Thunder was funnier than, uh, this movie, but, uh, but in Thor, Love and Thunder, but I feel like the tone was more consistent in this movie, even though it wasn't as consistent as it could have been. Like it wasn't, it didn't strike, to me, it didn't strike the proper balance between jokes and seriousness, like funny, like funny and seriousness. Uh, I felt like it was a little bit more, uh, serious when Kane showed up, you know, and whenever they weren't telling jokes, you know, it, uh, whether he was on the screen or not, but whenever he was on the screen, it was serious. And, uh, and whenever Janet goes into her backstory about how she met, uh, Kane, which I really, I really like that. That whole scene was great too. Um, that was great. And how she essentially stranded him there by, uh, blowing up or like growing, uh, the power core for his, uh, his futuristic spaceship, uh, because, you know, she touched it and she found out that, you know, once they got the core to working, she found out that the ship was, uh, uh, well, Kane could essentially control it with, uh, telepathy, you know, like with his mind. So when she touched the core and was about to put it into the ship, she could read and view kind of Kane's thoughts. And she realized who she was, who in fact she was helping. And she decided, you know what? I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna get you back home. I want to go back home, but I'm not going to let you get out of here. If it means that I get to go back home, because if you get out of here, you're going to destroy the world and the universe and probably all the, and every other universe you can get your hands on. So no deal. And so she steals the power core and, uh, you, you know, uses one of the discs to, uh, to grow it, um, uh, to a huge size and kind of blow it up, uh, I mean, the, the core is still in the middle, but like, it's like across this huge, like, you know, he, uh, she grew it to like this huge size and there's like this force field kind of surrounding it. So the actual core is still in the middle, but it's like almost impenetrable, like to get through. And, uh, I like, I loved that scene. I loved every scene that Kane was in. Um, well, yeah, I, well, I've said everything else that I loved. Um, I do, uh, some more nitpicks. Uh, or criticisms. So yeah, it was, uh, the jokes weren't, you know, there, there were some funny ones, uh, and, but I don't think they were quite, it wasn't quite as funny as the first two movies. And I expected it. I thought it was going to be a little bit more serious, but w still having jokes throughout. And it was technically, I guess, a little more serious than the previous two, but it didn't feel quite as serious at points because of some of the jokes they were telling. 
um, and and Kane. I thought that uh, John again, Jonathan Majors did a great job as Kane. Uh, I thought, okay, this guy does feel like he's going to be the next big bad in the MCU. I felt like they did a good job at building him up, and then when we see him, you know, kind of, I mean, you know, it's not like a big action scene that we're introduced to him in. Uh, it's just, like I said, him antagonizing and threatening Scott and Cassie uh, to go get uh, the power core. Uh, but, but you know, uh, all that talk that they, you know, all, the, all that build up to him, and then when we finally see him, I felt like that was a good first scene to introduce him in. I mean, technically, we have seen Kane before. We saw him in the season finale of Loki uh, in 2021, even though that was technically a different version of Kane. That was a variant of Kane from a, a different universe. Uh, and this, of course, is also a different Kane. So, uh, but I mean, it's still the same character, just a different version of that character, you know, from another universe. Uh, but yeah, this is the first time we're seeing this version of Kane. Uh, and, you know, and he seems, you know, we, we and you get a sense that if you've seen Loki, uh, you get a sense very clearly that this Kane is, uh, again, not screwing around and is very, is, is much more uh, of a threat and, and much more evil than uh, the Kane that we met at the end of Loki, uh, he who remains, you know, and uh, uh, what else? But yeah, so I, I felt like they did a good job. I loved his suit. I loved his demeanor, you know, I, I loved his dialogue, I thought they gave him some great dialogue, um, I liked the, and I liked the final fight, you know, I thought it was cool, uh, but I just, uh, and I, I liked, okay, I liked the way they defeated him, but I feel like the way they defeated him was a little, I don't know if anticlimactic is the right word, because it makes sense what they did, so essentially they kill Kane, uh, Scott and Hope kill Kane. They're, they've opened a portal, uh, you know, they've, they've crashed uh, Kane's ship, you know, the uh, c- uh, citizens of the quantum realm have, uh, you know, Cassie has inspired them via uh, holographic message to stand up and fight against Kane. They do so, some lives are lost, uh, mostly characters we've never met, although the light cannon guy uh, does die, I'm like, oh, that sucks, but, you know, I didn't get to know him a whole lot, so it wasn't like a huge loss, it's like, oh no, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, some lives are lost in the ensuing uh, a war or battle, and uh, Scott grows to a huge size and destroys his ship. Uh, he like throws himself at the ship as it's like beginning to take off, and there's a force field around it, so we can't go inside and break it. So yeah, he he uh, has uh, hope. He has hope because uh, she has wings, so she's flying him towards the uh, the ship. He grows just as soon as he gets close enough and then he like kicks it with his with both of his uh, legs and knocks the ship down and crashes it you know uh cuz he he can't actually pick it up and smash it so he kicks the force field which is you know moves the ship and crashes it back down to the ground and i'm like oh that's a cool scene and uh and the ensuing fight was cool too the fight with uh with um with just scott getting the shit beat out of him by Kane, I was like, oh shit, this is cool, like, it, it it was very brutal, too, like, it wasn't too bloody, but it was just, like, how consistently Kane was punching Scott, it was like, oh, you got a sense that he might not make it out of it, because, uh, J- uh, Janet, Hank, and Cassie, 
and Hope had already made it over to the other side. But then Hope comes back to help Scott, uh, you know, because, you know, they can't let Kane out. They got to stop him and save Scott, you know. And uh, and what they end up doing is they end up, uh, you know, pushing Kane into the core and blowing it up. Uh, or they, blow, they, they grow it, you know, and then uh, they push him into it. And it kind of creates this explosion that like, or implosion, <clears throat> this implosion that sucks him in and kills him. And, uh, and then they go back home and Scott ends the movie narrating once again. And he's like, well, I guess everything's going to turn out okay. And then he, he starts to, uh, he starts to, uh, question himself. Like we, we get a, we get to see him be like, and he's, while he's, he's doing this while he's narrating. He's like, Actually, wait, is this uh, a good thing? I'm not sure because I feel like Kane is going to come back. You know, he said he might, he, he was going to come back in some way. And then uh, he ends up, he's like, he ends up brushing it off. He, he's thinking for a few seconds and he's like, nah, everything's going to be fine. And, uh, and then we end the, and then we end with him eating a slice of cake at, uh, at a restaurant with Cassie for her birthday. Uh, to which Cassie says, it's not my birthday. And then Scott's like, oh yeah, I know. Well, but I've missed a few. So, <laughs> so we have, yeah, we have the aunt family. We have, Han uh, I was going to say Hannah. What the fuck? Or what the hell? Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, pardon my French. Uh, Hank, Janet, Hope, Cassie, and Scott. We have the five of them, you know, celebrating Cassie's birthday, which was a sweet moment. I, I liked that. I thought that was sweet. A nice way to end the movie. And, uh, and yeah, Scott eats, takes a bite of the cake and is disgusted by it. But, uh, but yeah, so, oh, and then the post and the two mid credit scenes or the mid credits and end credit scene. So the mid credit scene is, uh, we focus on three different variants of Kane who are talking about, well, another one of us just died. What now? And they're like, oh, well, let's, let's, uh, convene and mourn the loss of, a. Uh, you know, our, our self <laughs> and we'll figure out what to do next. You know, we'll plan and, you know, it's essentially them planning their multiversal uprising. And then we cut to like the three different variants of Kane, like one's, uh, an Egyptian, uh, Pharaoh, uh, I'm the, I forgot what the other one was, but he's got like blue face paint on. And I think he's got dreads. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but yeah, he's got like a fancy looking robe on and and then the other one is uh i forgot what the third one looked like but they're all like distinctly unique looking versions of kane uh oh the other one's like a like a, a cyborg version of kane or, or like a maybe not a cyborg but he's got like cybernetic enhancements where like his face looks like kane's but like in the back of his head he's kind of got like and and his body is kind of like uh, mechanical you know uh, so yeah, so in the, th the three canes, uh, walk over to this, uh, window, uh, and they look out at this arena of canes, just like going ape shit, like, you know, <laughs> like fighting each other and like screaming and, and, uh, and like just eagerly awaiting, I guess, eagerly awaiting, uh, this, the, the announcement of their, uh, takeover. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I like this. Uh, it, it kind of reminded me of the council of Rick's from Rick, from Rick and Morty, just the, the chaos of it all. And then just seeing this, all these different variants of this, uh, supervillain reminded me of all the, you know, all the different versions of Rick and Morty that we see in, uh, whenever they visit the council of Rick's, uh, 
And I was like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. I like this. Uh, and then the end credit scene is uh, we see a different Kane from the 1920s, uh, Victor Timely, I believe his name was. And I believe he was the first uh, Kane, if I'm not mistaken. He was the first version of Kane. And we uh, he's like giving off this presentation to a group of like Victorian era or, or the 1920s. Well, I guess that's not Victorian era, but, you know, a group of like 1920s uh, audience members, you know, uh, all dressed in fancy clothes. And we see Loki and Mobius from, from Loki, uh, in the audience. And, uh, Mobius is like, is that the guy you were talking about? And Loki's like, yeah, that's him. And Mobius is like, he doesn't seem that, uh, that evil. And Loki's like, you don't know, you don't know the half of it or something like that. I, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And then that's, you know, cuts to black and it's a, and, Kane will return pops up on the screen. Uh, cause you know how they always do that at the end of every movie that so-and-so will return, you know? And, uh, and I liked both of those scenes. Uh, and like, it wasn't the, the second end credit scene, uh, wasn't like a, an oh shit moment for me, but it was like an, oh, Hey, okay. Like it, like, uh, it was still like, it still got me. I was like, oh, this got, got me excited, but it wasn't, it didn't get me quite as excited as some of the other post- and end credit scenes of the MCU, but I liked both of them, and they did te- they did get me excited, and they got me curious to see uh, Kane in the future, because obviously, even though in Loki we killed one version of Kane who was kind of keeping the other Kanes at bay, and uh, Scott and Hope killed one version of Kane, uh, so we've seen two different versions of this character already, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what version. Uh, you know, because all these Canes have, like, kind of fought all these different Avengers across all these different timelines and universes. So it'll be interesting to see not only the character of Kane come back, but to see which version of Kane returns in the next two... Because he's going to be in the next two Avengers movies, which are in 2025 and 2026. Uh, first, we're going to get him in the Kane Dynasty, which is in 2025. And then we're going to see him in 2026 in Avengers Secret Wars. Uh, secret wars. So, you know, I, we may see him again before then, uh, you know, because we'll probably get like little sprinkles of him, uh, or little, little, uh, post-credit scenes or teasers in the movies, uh, in the future movies, uh, sprinkled throughout this phase because, uh, you know, that's what they did with Thanos. And since Kane is going to be the next big bad of the MCU, um, uh, I feel like they're going to, uh, they're going to do that. Because they did that, they did that with Thanos. You know, like he had uh, the you know the post credit scene in the Avengers. He had one in Age of Ultron. Uh, so both of the Avengers movies, uh, and then he had a he had a brief scene in Guardians of the Galaxy, and then I believe that was it. And then of course we had like a whole movie or two movies technically where he was the uh, big bad. You know, if you count which you you can you count Endgame, but like he. He's gone for like about half of the movie, but I mean, he, he still is a, the main villain of that movie. You know, it's just a different version of Thanos from 2014 that shows up and, uh, and starts attacking, but it is still Thanos, you know? So, so he gets, he gets two movies to be the big bad, uh, in the infinity saga. But now that we're in the multiverse saga and we had Kane as the villain, I thought he was a good villain. thought he did a good job and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Uh, in this phase, especially in the 
Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. I, I can't wait to see what they do with that. Uh, but yeah, so overall, uh, despite my nitpicks and complaints with the movie, um, I think upon reflecting on it, I am liking it more than I did when I left. But that being said, I still, uh, I'm leaning between a seven and a seven and a half out of 10. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking seven. I don't think that's bad. Uh, because when I was like looking at and hearing people's thoughts and reviews and opinions on the movie, uh, I was like, you know, I saw like the Rotten Tomatoes score was like at 49%. Or it was like at 55 and now it's like at 49. And I'm like, damn, it's not that bad, is it? Like, you know, because like, uh, I mean, you know, I've, uh, people were like, oh, it's like worse than Love and Thunder or something. And I liked Love and Thunder, but I'm like, okay, nothing can beat Thor 2. And again, I like Thor 2, <laughs> Thor the Dark World. I like that one, but to me, it's still my least favorite of all the MCU movies. Um but uh, and I don't think this was this was that at all. It wasn't the best Marvel movie. wasn't the best M- movie in the MCU. But it was de- it was not the worst. Uh, you know, it uh, it was my least favorite, or and I guess technically worst of the Ant Man movies. But that doesn't mean it was a bad movie. It just I had more criticisms uh, criticisms and nitpicks uh, regarding this movie than I did the previous two Ant Man movies, and uh, you know, like the previous. Uh, MCU movie, which was Black Panther 2. Uh, but just because I had some nitpicks and criticisms doesn't mean I didn't like it. I still liked it. I mean, a seven's not bad. I mean, that's still a good review. Like, that's still positive, despite nitpicks and complaints. Uh, and yeah, I despite me understanding, like, I get why some people were like, oh yeah, I don't care for this. You know, like, I, like, I, I get uh, where some people were coming from because I had similar in my review just now, I had some similar <laughs> criticisms and complaints, uh, you know, about maybe it being a little underwhelming, uh, the jokes not landing quite as much, the CGI on uh, Modoc's face, you know, but uh, but I don't think it deserves, I still think a 49's harsh. Like, I don't think it deserves to be like the first or second rotten MCU movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, I just, I feel it's a little harsh. But, uh, but yeah, so I'd give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, and if you're wondering where the other two Ant-Man movies are, Ant-Man and the Wasp is an eight and a half, and the first Ant-Man is an eight. So or that that's well off the spot. That's kind of where I'm thinking they I'd probably rank them. Uh, but yeah, so but yeah, I I am curious to see more of Kane uh, in this phase uh, again, especially in the next two Avengers movies, and hopefully we'll get like little uh, end credit scenes and like teasers, like you know little scenes throughout a sprinkle throughout the movies, uh, in, in this phase, you know, uh, it'll be cool to see more of him pop up, uh, you know, and, 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 and building him up more in this phase before we get to, uh, then the two Avengers movies where he's once again, the big bad, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so I'd still recommend going to see it. Uh, I definitely don't regret seeing it and I will rewatch it again because I liked it enough to watch it again. Uh, it's never an MCU movie that I'm going to skip. I don't really have any that I would skip. I mean, the one, again, that I would most likely skip is Thor The Dark World, and even then, I guess I like Marvel that much, but I don't really, if I was watching it, I wouldn't really skip it. You know, I might not want to, it might not be the first movie that I'd pick to watch, 
if I was just watching them for joy, you know, <laughs> just, just to watch one instead of like watching them in order. But if I was watching them in order, I'd definitely watch it. But, uh, but if it was on, I mean, I'd watch it. It might not be the one I'd want to watch the most, but you know, I'd, I'd sit down and watch the rest of it, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so looking forward to seeing more of Kane. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, you know, uh, critics and audiences are kind of divided on it, but audiences seem to be a little bit more on the critic side, but there's still people saying, oh yeah, it was good. You know, I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. You know, and then there were people saying I hated that piece of shit. So, you know, go watch it for yourself. Don't listen to everyone's reviews and just, you know, let that be your deciding factor. Let, you know, you decide if you want to go see it, uh, despite what some negative reviews or, you know, despite what some reviewers might be saying about it. And, uh, yeah, see if you, see if you like it. And if you don't, you know, at least you, now, you know, so, um, but yeah, I guess that does it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, sorry, it's, uh, well, it's not quite that much later than usual. It's just like, what, 10 hours later. Uh, it's, it's not, it hasn't even been a full day yet, but, uh, but yeah, sorry, it's a little later than usual when I posted this. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will see you all next Friday for, uh, my review of Cocaine Bear. Uh, really looking forward to that movie. Hope it's good. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, hope you all have a great weekend and I will see you next Friday. Take care.